1: Welcome to Impact in Jamaica, the podcast series that aims to celebrate the work and achievements of Jamaicans and friends of Jamaica in the diaspora. I'm your host Sinai Fleury, and on today's show I'm joined by another person, another amazing person of Jamaican heritage. She is a PR professional, a writer, and a leading cultural commentator. I'm delighted to be joined by Marianne Sunshine. How are you, my Hi. darling? I'm fine thanks for having me no problem now for our listeners um tell us a little bit about yourself your backgrounds and how you got into doing PR um weird weird story when I was at school um, you know when you're 13 and they do that work that the careers meeting um, they they just gave me a list of careers that I wanted to do and I looked down the list and I picked I picked um, public relations, I had no clue what public relations was, Um, but I picked, I had no clue what it was, I'd never heard of it before, I'd have said that one, Um, because I was a bit mischievous at school, so yeah, I picked that, and then they sent me to, um, for, for, um, what's it called, work experience, they sent me to work experience at British Telecom, BT, and in the communications department, and then they had me doing press releases and writing, that's where I discovered I could write, and that's when I started um, learning about public relations and I really liked it. So um, when I left school, I continued to do business because that's what my parents wanted me to do, but I aimed for music, I really wanted to be in the music industry and I aimed for music publicists, that's what I aimed for. and. I ended up doing that job at Warner Music and at Universal Music as well. And, um, and then I branched out into doing communications um, in education. I worked at um, University College London. Um, but I eventually became freelance around 2008 or nine. Um, I got made redundant from Universal. And yeah, I, I, I became freelance, I became freelance publicist. And I've been, that's what I've been doing ever since. Mm -hmm. amazing like I love how you've just spoken through your journey like how you sort of stumbled into PR (laughs) but it was almost like it was your calling like you was like oh just pick that one but you've made such an incredible career out of that for yourself talk us through like what's been your key highlights like in your career so far definitely working well being freelance, I've, had, I've met a lot of amazing people and I've, I've managed to branch out into all different sectors of public relations, but definitely working at Universal. Um, working at Universal, I was able to, I worked in corporate communications there. Um, so even though I, I, I wasn't doing like the music, the meeting the artist type of PR, but it was, it, it gave me a huge insight into the music industry and it really um, challenged my writing skills with writing press releases, international press releases, and also gave me a, a chance to travel. Um, because I was it well, I worked at Universal Music International. Um, <clears throat> the UK was my audience, but also all the universal affiliates around the world. So I traveled around the world a lot, um, meeting other people in in all the other offices, um, mainly in America, Canada, um, a lot in South America as well, Colombia and um, it was yeah that was the best part of my job most definitely. Yeah it sounds amazing and I mean yeah you said you've been freelancing since 2008 is that right? 2008 yeah. Yeah and I mean so many people now are you know they have side hustles and they're doing extra things especially we're coming out of the pandemic and a lot of people have been been made redundant. Um, What advice would you give them as someone who's been freelancing for so long and clearly brilliant at what you do you're here there and everywhere um what advice would you give people who are freelancing how they can get themselves in a groove and what are your like top three key tips to success and um, freelancing I would say because I started freelancing when I had two smaller kids at home they're adults now but um, I would say stick to a routine that's key stick to a routine don't work from your bed um, don't think you can have a line and start work at 11 o'clock definitely stick to a routine and um, wherever you are is your office basically as long as like as long as I've got wi-fi and my laptop I can work anywhere but I always always make sure that I have my work hours because that that enables you to um to be on top of your email number one to um and to bring in more clients and make sure everything's set for your day the second thing I would say is yeah always have wi-fi (laughs) back in those days it's it's not even that long ago but it seems like ancient I had a a wi-fi dongle oh I remember that you had to plug in do you remember yeah oh my gosh I'm showing my age as well yeah because because then back in those days you couldn't just go and sit in anywhere and they had wi-fi that you could plug into and data was expensive on your phone wasn't it and sharing data it was expensive and they only gave you like one gig for the month and by the time you put that on your laptop you're that's it you're done for the day so yeah I had a wi-fi dongle back then mm-hmm. and I bought that back then and that traveled that that traveled around with me um I thought I was so professional back then because no one else had it <laughs> a wi-fi <laughs> dongle in <and> a blackberry <laughs> Oh, the BlackBerry! Yeah, back then I was running. I was running around like that. So yeah, but yeah, well, just make sure you've got you're prepared. Make sure you've got everything. Make sure you've got your um your um your um external hard drive for all your files. Make sure you're backed up. Just just keep keep to a routine. Definitely keep to a routine. If and I mean, if you've got kids, make sure you 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 work around them. My at, back then my um my youngest was doing acting. Um. So I had to work, it was the best thing for me to do to be freelance, to be honest, because he had to do a lot of rehearsals and, and, and auditions and stuff. But that also meant that I had so much time when I'm sitting around waiting for him, I'm working. It was never any time lost. Um, and there was no way I could have done that in, a, in an office. There was no way i could have lived that life in an office so it just suited me and that's why i've remained freelance for so long but that yeah the key takeaway is just stick to your routine and make sure you've got everything make sure you've got your wi-fi make sure you've got your backup files um make sure everything is in working order and you can just work anywhere you want you can work on holiday you can go, over, yeah. You can go work yeah yeah and, and it is impacting jamaica we're talking about you are of jamaican heritage you can take that laptop with you anytime and just fly off to Jamaica and work Um, just come back you just Just come come back just come back I was over there for four months um um, because I'm making the transition to move to Jamaica and it was the best thing because 3 a.m is when I woke up for work which sounds crazy to some people but it actually was really easy um I was in country I was in St Thomas so um it's nothing much down there. <laughs> Not much nightlife down there. But then they still had curfew when I was down there anyway. I still had a um, 10 o'clock curfew. But I'm in bed by 10. I'm in bed by 9.10. Mm-hmm. Um, wake up at 3. Catch my emails. You'll see me tweeting the same time that you're tweeting at 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm in Jamaica. And then by 12 midday in Jamaica, my workday's done. Right. So nap, beach. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> nap, beach and then enjoy my rest of my time on you know in Jamaica and it's it's amazing it was so it was much better um work schedule believe mm. it or not for me personally it was much better being in Jamaica working on British time it was perfect for me so I'll be yeah. back oh amazing I love that now <laughs> you, you've mentioned Jamaica there and I, I wanted to touch on your, your heritage so tell us a little bit about your family backgrounds and your roots and what it was like growing up um with Jamaican and um, roots and heritage. My dad's Jamaican my mum's from Dominica my dad is Jamaican my dad is a quintessential Jamaican he's Jamaican anywhere he goes no matter where he likes to travel around the world when like my parents went on cruises my dad's always got Jamaica a Jamaica bag Jamaica hat <laughs> Jamaica jacket. <laughs> And some type of no matter where my dad goes, he's he's got everybody I know is Jamaican. Everybody I know. But um I woke up, I, I grew up um learning that I was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. I was a Caribbean culture, African ancestry. That's how I grew up. Nobody ever told me I was British in my household. <laughs> okay. Nobody ever told me I was British. I, that was almost like a sin to say I was British in my household. I was Caribbean, mm-hmm. Jamaican and Dominican. Um and I learned all about Jamaica. My dad never stopped talking about Jamaica. So I'm almost like I could picture it. Um, so, and then my dad, I think he, he didn't go, but he kept talking about going back to Jamaica and he didn't go back. He told me 25 years until the first time he went back and that was in 87. And then he continued to go back every year after that. But he never took me with him and I was so upset. So upset. Really? But, but I understand why now. It's cause he was setting things up for when his children come over um right now I can go there and I can and and I've you know I've got a whole house and I've got my own stuff I've got my own land and I've got everything there didn't have that back then, so he didn't want us going there sleeping in people's houses and Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: that he didn't want us to do that um but my my I I just people say the food and the music and yeah I was used to daddy bringing back the um the little seven inch records (laughs) You know, the little set, he used to bring back loads of them. The little, Remember the little round seven-inch records? Mm-hmm, yeah, he used mm-hmm. to bring back loads of them. So whenever he came back, I knew every song that was playing in Jamaica because my dad had them all. And, 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 and he taught me about Sam Sharp and Marcus Garvey and, you know, and all that stuff and Michael Manley and Bob, obviously he's a huge Bob Marley fan. He just taught me everything, everything that he knew about Jamaica. He just injected it into my veins and I just grew up Jamaican. Mm-hmm. As far as <laughs> I was concerned. As far as I was concerned, I was, I'm Jamaican.
0: Yeah. As far as I
1: was and then, then there was the battle with my mom because my mom did exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was. It's just it was just just my way of life. It was just my way of life. And the first time, and I, I, my dad kept going to Jamaica, not taking me with him. And then I was like, I was how old was I? I can't remember. I think I was 25 myself. Um, yeah, I was about 25. I said, no, I'm going to Jamaica. I don't care. I'm going to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, my, Daddy, call Auntie. I'm coming. Tell him I'm coming. My friend, my friend was over there as well. She actually lives there now. She was she had visited with her daughter and I thought, like, I'm coming, that way I'm coming. And I went, I said, call my auntie. I went down, I went down. When the plane touched down, I literally felt at home. It was just such a spiritual, weird spiritual feeling. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was at home. I really wanted to cry, but I had my little son with me, he's going to think what's wrong mum, mm. I, I really wanted to cry, I really wanted to cry, and I had an amazing experience, my auntie taught me to country where, they, my aunt lives in St Catherine, but she taught me to St Thomas where they grew up and showed me my granddad's house and where they went to school, my aunt showed me all of that, not even my dad, um, but then me and my friends, she had, my son was five, her daughter was three at the time, we got on buses and travelled around the island, we went to Ochi, from St. Catherine to Ochi. I went from St. Thomas to St. Catherine, and now like, I know that's mad now, but it didn't seem like a madness at the time. Mm. And we went to Ochi, we just got on these buses, you know, you squeeze up on the bus like that. We mm-hmm. had that experience, you know what I mean? We had that experience. We were like, with our suitcases and our backpacks <laughs> and our children. Taking buses from to Ochi to Mont, yeah, we was traveling around like we know what we're going and we know what we're doing, and arguing Mm -hmm. with bus people and arguing with taxi drivers about the fare that they're trying to charge us. So you had the real authentic Jamaican experience. That's my first experience in Jamaica. I've never been to a resort in Jamaica. I need to do that now. I've never been to a hotel or resort in Jamaica ever. Mm-hmm. I stayed in like guest houses when, like, when we went, when me and my friend went, but I've never done that. I've always stayed with family, my dad's house, or like I said, in a little, you know, like a little, what a local person would probably stay in a little guest house, yeah. like an apartment. Yeah, I've always did that. I've never been to a massive sandals resort yeah you gotta got do that next time. time you gotta do that next time um yeah. that's I said next time I'm gonna start now that you know I'm my old girl now that I'm old, I'm gonna start doing resort life now but I've never done it and I, I'm glad that my Jamaican experience has been that authentic mm-hmm. um because I've, I've really you know walked the streets and seen everything and seen them slaughtering goats and slaughtering pigs and, and stuff like that and yeah and I, I'm glad that I've got that in me I'm glad that I know so much
0: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely and you mentioned so much of like what you've experienced in Jamaica and what your dad taught you how do you think that helped to shape who you are um getting all those teachings about Jamaica very early on in your life because we often have these debates um online where we see them where we're saying like a lot of the British young black Brits now who have Mm -hmm. Caribbean heritage they seem to be a bit detached, you know, they're not going back as much as, say, our generation and the generation before. But what do you think, by your dad teaching you all of that about Jamaica, done to you and how how proud you are of your roots? I think it's extremely important. I'm glad that he did that. I'm I'm so grateful that my father was um, diligent enough and proud enough of his culture that he he uh, made sure that we all grew up with that in us. Um, and, and he's handed that, he's also handed that down to my children as well because they're Jamaican. They'll tell you they're Jamaican all day, <laughs> both of them, they'll tell you they're Jamaican all day. Um, it, it, I think it did shape, it, it gave me, um, this is going to sound really bad, but it gave me an escape because we know what we can go through in England. Uh, we know our lives can, the, the, the obstacles that we can, um, we have to jump over and the, and the hurdles we have to jump over in England. And I think England can be very limiting and it can feel very claustrophobic. Um, but at the back of my mind, I always knew that I've got Dominica and Jamaica to go to, <laughs> to be honest with you. And because I knew so much about those places, especially Jamaica, because I, because I know so much about it and I felt that it was a safe space for me, um, it, I, I, I grew up with, op- even I'm facing all the things we face as black, black women, black people and black women in this country. Um, I grew up with optimism. I grew up with optimism. I grew up, you know, they our, our, our parents, they come over and they have the dream of building their house and going back one day. Well, that dream was in me since I was 10 years old, going back one day, going back to a place I've never been. That dream was in me since I was little mm-hmm. of having my house in Jamaica on the beach with the, with the with the massive sliding doors and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the coconut tree and the, you know I mean? oh, tree the was banana tree and right so that's and it, it gave me so that's that ambition that's at the back of your mind so no matter, no matter what I'm doing and what I'm working towards I've got that over there and now that I've seen it and now that I've spent like a, a good chunk like four months there um it's such a reality it's so even now I'm here don't want to be but I'm still working towards that, that dream I had when I was 10 years old, um, and it's closer. So it, yeah. da- it definitely helped to um, kind of dampen all the, dampen all the, the, the doom and gloom that you can have when you live in a country like England, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely helped to, to shape my, um, my
0: future mm-hmm. um, and my, my outlook on life, definitely. And now, a word from our sponsors. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Manpower, you you do. Searching for a one-stop
1: solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services sales and distribution center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today 876-920-47215. Janjana, manua ya inde, to come back i know pinky this time akisha kisha just like me tell pinky give jps your number and then we'll send your text with them things here, so you can't stop knock my door what do you mean dmr call jps and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time you're not for ask send your current contact information and always be in the know visit jpsgo.com
0: for more info welcome back to our podcast
1: now, just to go back to like your professional life, um, you know, you mentioned freelancing, and I said you're a PR professional, writer. You know, one of our leading cultural commentators. You know, anything that happens in the UK relating to the Black community, you've always got an opinion. Be? <laughs> <you're>... <laughs> you've always got an opinion, and I yes. always look forward to your your takes on things. You know, and um, I mean, how do you juggle so much and still remain? like so full of life and so full of zest like what's your daily routine like that you're like I have to do these things in order for me to get everything done and still remain so youthful and vibrant tell us tell us the secret thank you I don't have any secrets do you know what um do you know what I don't I don't feel like I'm doing enough I don't feel like I'm doing enough at all I I, am I I've got a list of things that I need to do that I've, I've been trying to get done for like a year now and I still haven't done them or like you know when everyone went into lockdown I was like right I'm gonna get this one I'm gonna get that and I looked at my list I still have done all of those things I, I don't feel like I'm doing enough um I feel like I think maybe I feel like when I was a kid it was always an after-school class or, or, or a Saturday school to go to there was never a, a downtime um and that wasn't um that might sound like a bit Joe Jackson-y but it wasn't <laughs> It was, it was just normal life, you know? And I kind of, I've done that with my children as well. They come from school and there's, a, there's football and there's drama and there's there's always something else to do. So, I mean, sitting down, not doing anything is kind of weird to me, that's number one. And number two, now, um, at this time of my life, I have more time because I don't have children to raise anymore. I used to have to juggle everything with kids. It's just me. <laughs> I've got all the time in the world. Now I can wake up at three in the morning and start working, I can sleep all day if I want to you see what I mean? I can do that. So I feel like, I, I don't feel the juggling um, aspect of it. I just feel like it is, its it's got to yeah. be done. Um, and I'm not a kept woman, so I have to work. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm out for work. So I just feel like it's just its just normal life. It's just normal life. I've just, I've always mm. got something to do. I've always got an outlook. Still got lots of stuff that I need to do. Like I said, I have a, I have ambition and I have... Um, 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 goals in life that I need to achieve that I knew I wanted to achieve after my children were grown, um, and I'm just getting on with it. Really, I don't even I don't feel the juggle. And the, the, with the with the the Twitter stuff, actually, your phone's just in your hand. It's just it's surgically attached. So so you know, whenever you got five minutes, you are just you're on Twitter anyway. So you yeah. know, it's just part. It's just a part of it's just everyday life for me. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't feel the juggling. I just it's, you just get up and go. Yeah okay I love that and I mean let's talk about a particularly like challenging time in your in your life or you know in your career that you always sort of go back to in your mind and say look I overcame that part of my life whatever little hurdle that I'm facing now I can get over that because I survived something from the past tell us about one of those times burnout I've, I've been through burnout <clears throat> I've been through burnout and and um at the time I was like this ain't happening to me I'm not depressed what's wrong with me what's wrong I'm not no I don't get depressed oh shit I'm depressed <laughs> you know it mm-hmm. kind of dawned on me and then it was the point where I couldn't get out of bed and I literally and I like I, I had clients and I wasn't doing the work I looked out open my laptop look at my emails see them all coming in I just close my laptop and go back to sleep like, what's wrong with me and I didn't know what that was until <clears throat> so I spoke to I actually um Black women, as usual. Um, I was doing, it was 2016 and I was doing a YouTube show, YouTube podcast before podcast became big, called Time of the Month. Um, and there were some lovely ladies on there. And I, when I went to film one of the they noticed my mood had shifted. And when I went to film one day, they just they sat down, they said, We're going to speak. What's wrong? What's wrong with you? And I just cried my eyes out. And I said to them, I don't, my my productivity's gone. I don't understand. Um, and they said, Listen you're tired you're tired mm. you two kids by yourself those two kids were always doing something as well they were mm. up and down up and down up and down I had one in football um at West Ham and I had one in on in a West End show and sometimes they were doing that exactly the same time so then I had to juggle which one I would go to and then find someone else to take mm. the other one or pick up the other one and this was constant is this is this constant you know for good seven eight years of life plus Mm. I had to work plus I had to pay the bills plus I had to look after the household you know how that goes Mm -hmm. plus I tried to have a social life in between it and she goes listen you're tired (laughs) yeah sit down Mm. And I'm like I can't like I was just saying to you it's not I can't sit down Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit down but I think um God said, we're going to sit you down. And if we have to sit you down by making you burn out, completely stress, burn burnout, then that's what's going to happen. So I did have, I've had like between like 2016, 2018, I, I mean, I'm still doing things. I was still working, but not nowhere near the capacity that I used to, nowhere near. And that's why now I can say that when looking back then, now I probably worked to 60% of what I used to back then. That's why I don't feel the juggling. It's nothing, but I have to do it like that. Even though I don't have the extras to work on the household, I still have to make sure that I don't go back to that to that mm. where I'm just completely um, blank and I can't cope. Um, but reading about it, it, it's it's common. It is common. I've read that it's common, and um, like like you said, I got over that. I I listen. This country is a whole place. <laughs> I'm just saying trying to get therapy in this country if you do not have the hundred pounds a week to pay for it is awful 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 and navigating that um i said i'll just go navigating I said, and i realized wow if i don't if i don't look after myself it's over <laughs> i've got to do this myself because my doctor can't even help me right now so just, just rising, bringing myself up to making sure that I re- remained mentally sound and, you know, um, got over that period of life is what keeps me going now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important that you mentioned that because, you know, we have our phones, 24-hour news cycles, yeah. social media never stops. And I think so many people can relate to that feeling like they have to be doing something, always have to be on, always have to be, yeah, you know, exactly. posting on social media. Like it can get quite daunting at times and sometimes it's just nice to unplug and switch off definitely definitely so I don't I don't allow that to I I do it when I want to not because I have to if you see what I mean like the engagements especially Instagram the engagement side of it I get it but I mean it is what it is (laughs) it's what it is you know I'm not gonna make that I make sure that's not where my money is made my money's not made online so if I post it's not gonna affect my pocket you know Mm -hmm. or not so yeah Absolutely. Now, what would you say is one of the most critical skills that you need as a freelancer or somebody who owns their own business or runs their own business? Time management. Absolutely. Time management. You've got to make sure that you are doing things at a timely manner. You've got to make sure you get your emails out. You've got to make sure that you're prioritizing um you're prioritizing all the important stuff first. You definitely have to have time management again, just to 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 alleviate that burnout that I went through Um, Mm and definitely time management is the most important thing yeah okay cool and where do you see yourself in like five years time from now like you know you've mentioned Jamaica you're setting that up you know you 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 are like so accomplished and so loved and respected in the UK like where do you see yourself five years from now five years from now honestly honestly right okay I'm going to put this out in the air manifest it I still want to be doing PR but I want to be doing PR all over the Caribbean I want to have clients Mm -hmm. all over the Caribbean one thing I notice is that we know Jamaican people don't we we say we tend to know but we don't really know the biggest artist in St Kitts or the biggest influencer in Antigua we don't really know those types Mm -hmm. of people but that's one thing I want to do I kind of want to be an advocate or even like an agent um, across the Caribbean travel all over the islands see my clients (laughs) the dream job I'm, tr- I'm trying to build that now. That is actually what my job, my I'm trying to manifest that and work mm-hmm. towards that because that would be amazing. I don't yeah. need to sit, uh, what I've realised is that I don't need to sit in one place. I don't need to be, you know, I, I can't, yeah, it's not for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sitting
1: yeah. down in, yeah, that's, that's not for me. I don't need to sit in one place. So island hopping to, to work, perfect. perfect. I love that. Perfect. Listen, I'm going to be manifesting that for you, darling. You just... <laughs> You deserve that and so much more. And I think as well, it's such a brilliant idea because when we look at, like you said, who's the biggest artist in St. Kitts and Caribbean influencers, we know in the UK how influential Caribbean culture yes. is, but exactly. yet still the credit and the, you know, the opportunities and the money doesn't go back to... Oh, the... Doesn't go there, exactly. It doesn't so go So you there. would be I... perfect for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So yeah, pal, I, I I thought I, I, I really want to um, build something like that where I can get opportunities for those people, maybe opportunities in the UK and in America as well, if I can get them paid opportunities. Um, Yeah, so what I'm doing now is with my UK clients, I'm, I'm, I'm getting them opportunities the other way, building my contacts in the Caribbean so I can bring them back over here, so yeah watch his face. (laughs) I absolutely love that. And if you ever need an assistant to carry a a bag or a suitcase, I I, I can do it. I love that. Listen, before you, before you go, um, as, as it's impacting Jamaica, I've got to ask you about Jamaica again. Um, what do you love the most about being someone of Jamaican heritage? Listen, we want everything. I know where you're from, St. Vincent, Manoa. <laughs> St. Vincent and um, Listen, my dad's from Grenada. St. <laughs> Vincent and Grenada, beautiful, beautiful island. But you're not Jamaica-run your team. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am not I am not <laughs> disputing that because my parents raised me to appreciate and love Jamaica for what Order I has yeah. given. So I'm not arguing with that at all. No, but Jamaican culture, I think the one thing I love more is Jamaican culture is... Um, It's so, I mean, Jamaica as a country is so conservative, but the culture is so liberal. Jamaican culture is so liberal and it's it's, everything about Jamaica is fun. It's just, it's fun. There are obviously societal challenges and social economic problems over there um, and a lot of political issues over there, but it's just in general, it's just fun. It's just a fun place to be. Everybody's got something good to say. You walk down the street, You walk down the street and it's one beer,s and but by from a stranger. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just fun. It's just a fun place to be, and it lifts my whole spirit to be in Jamaica. It just really does lift my. Now my YouTube, um, my YouTube playlist is filled with Jamaican news, (laughs) Jamaican news clips. I can find out what's going on, and I keep abreast of what's going on on the news. I I don't watch news in this country, but I watch Jamaican news all the time. There's just something about. it's just something about your roots being there and coming from there that just makes me feel like a special person. I don't know if that sounds weird, but it does make me feel like a like a chosen one mm. that I'm com- that I'm from Jamaica. That is why I gatekeep Jamaica. So when people calling themselves honorary Jamaicans, uh, psh, stop. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're not of Caribbean heritage, may not, may not. Yeah. You have yeah. to be a very special. I feel like special person to be of Caribbean heritage, number one. But to be Jamaican, you have to be this, this special stock. That's what I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I love I think. that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, special stop. So we can't just let everybody in. Can't work. No, listen, and we work. see that. We see that in 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 music and sport and and just every single field where where Jamaican yeah. people just dominate. You know, and they and they excel and they they just do things that we never ever imagined. Like you know, right. I'm thinking Usain Bolt, like the world's fastest man, like. He had to yeah, come from Jamaica. Yeah. Elaine, Elaine Thompson here, are the world's fastest woman. We had exactly. a man in Otti back in the day, and she would have been the world's fastest if the Americans weren't taking all those pills. But you know, we've we've been we've been we've been dominating, and our, and, and it's just our culture. I heard I heard. I mean, you get you get little white boys in Yorkshire saying "Wah Guan" now. They have no idea that that's a Jamaican saying. They've got mm. no clue, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've got you've got especially people in this country. They've always got Jamaican flags everywhere, and They always want to go to, you see everybody going to Jamaica for holiday. They just want to, they just want to um, sample the culture Mm -hmm. because it is so vibrant. Um. yeah. So yeah, I love it. I love Jamaica. I'll definitely, I'm definitely um, moving to Jamaica, at least do six months a year from this year. Yeah, definitely. I'm out. (laughs) I love that. Listen, I wish you all the best. And I mean, lastly, for any young Jamaican women or men who want to get into PR, what advice would you give them or, or young people of Caribbean heritage? What advice would you give them about getting into that field? Study the area of PR you want to do, whether it be music or entertainment or charity. Um, study the people that you want to represent, who you think you can get press for. Study the press contacts and the, the media that you have to um. That you have to contact and build up your contact list whether you whether you follow them online or you go and network with them do that definitely build because you need those contacts you need media contacts that you can go straight to so you can put your placements in and also um, the last one i would say is get a couple of clients for free offer your services to a couple of people for three months or so and once you can do that, once you can, set, can prove you got your results and you can get your placements, your client in, in, on TV or in news, and then you're ready to go. You're ready to go. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of giving services in the beginning for free, but not too many. A couple, get a couple of good clients, offer your services for free, get those results in, and then you're flying. You're ready to go. Brilliant, brilliant advice. And just for anyone listening in Jamaica or around the world, where can they follow you online? Um, My marianne sunshine underscore on instagram it's miss matt sunshine on twitter and my website is marianne and you have brought the sunshine today miss sunshine <laughs> i have loved speaking to you on impact in jamaica thank you so much for speaking to me on this episode
0: thanks for having me impact in jamaica is powered by the philip and christine gore family foundation manpower and maintenance services limited the jamaica public service company red stripe